Fun. How are you guys doing? Episode 152. Fun for me and you. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We are excited for today. We yeah. have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Yeah, man. How are you? I'm doing excellent because Susie just poured me a glass of wine. I know. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, my right? gosh. It's late in the day, Yay. people. It is, we actually. Have, um, later today, we have our book club meeting. I... Would love to see you guys join our book I'm club. I'm so excited about this book. I'm so excited about this book club meeting. I know. That's the thing is that our, the people in the book club I love because it's not that we all agree. No. Everyone has unique points of view, but we have such fun talking. I learn so much. Mm-hmm. And also we talk about stuff that doesn't matter and laugh and just <sighs> Also whatever. totally great. And I'm discovering books. I would have never <laughs> read the book that... Uh, was my pick well, this month. Well, that's another thing, yeah. And it's like up there in one, my favorite books. Um, if you want to join the book club, go to our website. Um, and we meet once a month and we that you get discounts on all of our merch. And uh, it's just good good fun. Yeah. Anyway. It's also one of the rewards at a Patreon level. So if you want all the true. other fun stuff, yeah. you can just You can join through there. our patreon.com slash brain candy. And that's where all the challenge content lives. That's where our Q&As are and our interviews with cast members. Ooh, and yeah. then at a certain level, you get videos and you get a book club and all that. Anyway. Where do you want to start today? Oh, my God. There's so much. Can I, can I start? Yes, please. I have, you will love this. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I can't wait till you see it. Did you read about the house that was listed for sale in Michigan that went viral because for some reason they the whole house is like it looks like the Saved by the Bell exploded. What? Like 90s what? cheesy. How did I not see this? I'm going to pull up this picture. You are going to die. Um, because it's a mansion too, so there's like a million rooms. This makes me extra. This is extra nostalgic because uh, the bed sheets that Zach Morris had in Saved by the Bell, I had growing up. The exact ones on purpose. No, like we had this. My mom bought those, and he bought they, the whoever did the set. They were the exact same bed sheets, and every time I watched it, it was always make always made me happy. Let what me, if I was like that was my old house? It's not. It is. Hilarious. Oh, man. So it looks like they're at the max on Saved by the Bell. Yes, it does. But at first I was like, well, that's not too bad. And then the more you scroll through, oh, the crazier bad. it gets. And it's like oh, pink my God. Oh, yes. and pastel. That does look like the max. It looks like the max. Hot pink, neon. And it's not just like the the colors. It's also the actual furniture. The carpet is it's fuchsia. Hilarious. Okay, and... They should just turn this into, like, an Instagram house. It's, it says, Michigan Mansion listing features 90s interior des- decor and goes viral because, you know, it looks like it's a normal mansion on the outside, yeah. and on the inside, it looks Miami like, Vice. Like, you took a time machine. Like, Miami Vice is a good description. But you know what's funny is that everything's in really good condition. Well, that's, what I, that's why I say inexplicably because there's no article that, that I saw with this yeah. this uh, scrolling through the picture slideshow so I'm like did they do that on purpose do they love that look they, are they like into oh that scene or is it like it. just really well so this is like lifestyles of the weird and wacky because we talked about a house that was like that from the 60s like they yes. kept the 60s and 70s decor I don't know if it's a thing or what it's so funny to me 
Well, that reminds me of a Hoarders episode I recently saw. I think it was either the premiere or it was the finale of the... I'm going to look up the name of the house. Okay, so By there's the this way, very... Yes, go I'm going to put that link in the newsletter so people can see this for themselves. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, go to thebraincandypodcast.com. You will not be sorry. Okay, so it's the Greensboro Historic Julian Price House, and it was uh, in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was built in 1929. It's a like one of those historical sites um, the woman who used to own it was this, at one point in time, she was like the, the hit interior decorator, like to the stars, to all the like wealthy people in the area. And right. then something happened, like her husband left her or had an affair or, and then she had a mental breakdown and then she ended up like a bunch of her, uh, um, uh, clients, you know, gave a really bad report or yeah. reviews where everything, like her business just went to shit and she became, she lost it. I mean, she had a mental breakdown and she became a hoarder, Okay, but she was a hoarder in this house that some, it's a, like a $2.5 million home then when she bought it, I think it sold for like something crazy, but she probably had 40 plus bedrooms filled Stop to, it. and she didn't want to leave and she wouldn't leave. And this amazing, adorable gay couple bought it and they were so nice to her, like trying, because they own like the city repossessed her house. She didn't have any money to pay anything there. The house was no longer hers, but when you take the house, you also have to take all the belongings with it. So they oh, were trying. It was, it was the greatest episode. You, oh my God, I get chills talking Wait about a her. Minute. Her Did name was Linda Lane. Did that was it. the couple that bought it, did they like call hoarders and were like, yes. you got to help me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. And so how is this woman doing now? I, oh, 31 rooms. Excuse me. I was off by nine. That's insane. And like people were probably like, oh, she's being hyperbolic. No, that was 31 freaking rooms. So, uh, so when I watched this, it was like the, prim- when the episode aired and when I tried to do my hit, like looking up on my own, uh, all the websites were down because they were like uh, remodeling in progress, like historic tour. Like this couple really care about uh, like restoring it to what it used to be oh and God. really care about like the historic features of the home. So they're kind of like uh, keeping it on the DL until they oh can maybe God, like reveal I love it. it so. so much. That is so great. It's so good. You have to see the episode. We're going to post it. Let's put, I'll, I'll send it to you and we'll post it in the, uh, okay. in the newsletter. Um, yeah, I wanted to say one thing before we get too far in. Yes. I have received a lot of emails from listeners, and, I mean, we have some great freaking listeners. And the best. A lot of times they send me links to cool documentaries and articles and stuff like that. It's really awesome. Sometimes, though, and, and I would say maybe a few dozen people have written me over the course of mm-hmm. our show saying that they are a person with an anxiety disorder, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, you know, the people on hoarders often have things yes. like that. And um, Falls that, that they category. enjoy listening to the show because we, we talk about so many different, you know, weird stories and yep. what's in the news and articles we read and books we love and documentaries we watch that it helps them when they're in social settings to have, like, stuff to talk about. Yes. I think that is so cool. 
That is the coolest. And in, you know what? That just makes me think that that is the exact reason why I probably became fascinated with facts to begin with. Like it, I'm totally that. Oh my gosh, That's you guys! Really like you'd never think this about me, knowing me and think like me being a host on a podcast. And for God's sakes, we have literally hundreds of hours of us talking. But sometimes before I leave to go. Even Susie, believe it or not, to go hang out with you, to go hang out with friends. I'm like, oh my God, what if I don't know what to say? What if I have nothing to talk about? What if all of a sudden I don't know what to ask her? And like, I don't have anything important to say. And so I feel like I love looking up facts and information for almost the same reason. And it to- it's so funny to hear that yeah. that's been. And it's something that like I a, would never a, have expected to me hear. Me neither. But it became like such a common refrain that I was like, this is a thing. And how cool is that, that you could utilize um, podcasts for something that is soothing to something you struggle with? I think that is really rad. Yes. I just want to bring that up. And I'll tell you that a swan has 24 vertebrae <laughs> in its neck. That's the exact same as the amount of time zones we have in the world. So you know there you go. How... Uh, I love watching Cheers. Yes. And Cliff Clavin on Cheers is always the guy's yes. little known facts. And yes. he's always doing trivia. Maybe that in in a, oh. in a way is how he tries to connect with people. And you know what? He kind of strikes me as a character who maybe has a little bit of anxiety. Totally. Oh my gosh. This is totally a thing. Yeah. So I'm really happy that they're able to use our obsession with uh, trivia to assist with their uh, anxieties. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you want to pop up that uh, beatbox? Oh, my God. <laughs> Do I? Do or, I Is ever. it working properly? Last time I was not impressed with the speed. Were you? I okay. mean, Sarah, just leave the damn thing on. Oh, so wait. That... Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Hello. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Eve. Ooh. Eve? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> My girl Eve, she looks good at night. She looks good at night. I won't put up any fight during the day if she wants to play with me. My girl Eve, she looks so good. She's for me. Uh uh-uh. uh. Can't you see? My okay. girl Eve. The next one is Cassandra. Mm. Cassandra, Cassandra, you donated your money. Cassandra, <laughs> Cassandra, sometimes my songs are funny, but you're not. <laughs> that was good. That was just the right length, too, for my preferences. <laughs> Caroline. Caroline, Caroline, yeah, she's so fine. Caroline, Caroline, you donate to me all the time. You're Caroline. <laughs> one more, one more for me. Uh, Casey. Mm. Casey, you're racy. Oh my god. And tasty. <laughs> That's Casey. <laughs> great, 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 great. That was oh. really good, Sarah. I felt a little looser than last time. It was good. I mean, it takes literally one sip for you to of wine. <laughs> for you to be like a different right. person. Ah, I may have a problem. I no. swear, you know, because we record two episodes at a time because we yeah. have two episodes a week. Yeah. I swear people 
would be able to tell which one is the sober and which one is usually the not sober. Because the first one's usually earlier and obviously, but too early in the day to be drinking with good conscience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But later we're like, you know what? But like, just just so I want to just take a picture of how much of our wine bottle is gone for you to be calling this the not sober episode because it is like And this is me and you. Literally. Six ounces. Between the two of us. Right. Three ounces each. And <laughs> our glasses still have two ounces. It's probably just in our heads. Well, it's definitely in yours. Yeah, 100%. But we all benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was good times, Sarah. I always have a nice little, like, nervous adrenaline rush after, like, my nerves get going. Are you serious? Yes. Every single time we finish doing the, the shout-outs, I'm, like, jitter, like, shaky. Like, it's, like... I just did a stand-up act. And well, maybe what you need is a little rest. We all do. We all do. I know you people need some new sheets. I ain't going to sleep on I those see, crummy old ones you're I sleeping on. I see them in your selfies. I see those sheets you have, and I'm sorry, people, you need an upgrade. <laughs> and luckily for you, there is brooklinen.com, which is luxurious sheets that do not break the bank. OMG. Adam just got back from Chattanooga, and he was like, thought he was in freaking a palace. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I've never slept better in my Ugh. life. So we love our Brooklyn and Sheets. Try them, and you will love them too. Brooklyn.com has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code BRAINCANDY at brooklinen.com. In fact, Brooklyn is so confident that you'll love your new sheets, they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty, holy heck, on all of their sheets and comforters. There is no reason not to try these sheets. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code BRAINCANDY at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code BRAINCANDY, Brooklinen. These are the best sheets ever. Uh, you want to hear a story? Always. So my husband, uh, as you know, I said went into surgery a little bit ago, and they gave us this whole like list of things we had to do to prep him, like pre-op prep at home. Oh, yes. So right. one of the things you have to do is change the sheets and you have to put on new sheets. Okay. Well, we had the Brooklyn and ones on their bed. Right. And then I was like, this was like the night before. I didn't have time to like wash them and change them. So I used our old sheets, the sheets that were clean, you know, like the backup from before. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrible. You can't go back. <laughs> it's like the princess and the pea. It was. That's I so was great. like, you I got it out. Go really, I put it on my bed and I was like, what the heck was I? This was acceptable? That's hilarious. It's like sleeping on sandpaper for Christ's sake. Oh, God. So I was curious how that I watched worked out. Those, I washed those right away and then got to put them right back on. Tell, I want to know, though, about the Landon prep thing because wasn't it oh, weird? It, totally weird. What is that? And about? I went nuts about it. And then I had to like tell myself. That there, what? Tell them what you had to okay. do. Okay. So he's having surgery on his spine, and so he had to take off all his clothes. Okay. And, well, and first this you is have the to, night before. Night before, you have to wash the bed. He has to take a shower. Then you have to wash the bed sheets. Okay. You could do those in either order, I suppose. <laughs> That's hilarious. He <laughs> right, right. Um, and then I swear to God, it was like dealing with a five-year-old because he got out of the shower and then he put his clothes his underwear that he was wearing before on and i was like what, what are you what you? what is wrong with you take those off you just put the you were 
get back in the shower. Now Let's start over. dirty underwear back on? Uh, he, like, wasn't thinking. Yeah. And he was just, it was, and they, they weren't even dirty. They were, like, the ones he put on to go to bed. And then I reminded him that he had to take a shower. Gotcha. So they weren't technically, like, from that day. But they had already touched, you know, blah, blah, no blah. No skitties or anything. Yeah. And then, <laughs> exactly. Let's just make sure. So he takes a shower. Bed sheets have to be clean. Mm-hmm. New towels and everything. Then they give us these wipe, these basically like gigantic baby wipes that you have to wipe each section of the body. And they give you a little diagram. Oh my god! With each wipe, so wipe with one, throw that away. Wipe what with another. What is the reason? To get all the bacteria. It's this. There. Oh, and the wheel. <laughs> god, he's gonna hate if I tell this, or he won't care. Whatevs. Um. But you have to wipe every area in all the cracks and, like, booty in all of those places. And there, it leaves you with this weird film afterwards because it's this antibacterial, it's antimicrobial. Like it's like a shield on you. And you then you have to sleep on it, not take a shower, then wake up the next morning, and then I do it to them all over again. So you have to do it twice, going to bed. And then it's, like, hours until you have surgery next. Landon said he went into surgery, and all I could think about was how much... His butthole itched. <laughs> it's like that, whatever that stuff was, made his whole body itch. And he was like, I'm surrounded by nurses, but I can't bring myself to ask any of them to itch my butt. Oh my God. And he's like, it was the worst. He's like, that was the very last thing I thought before they put me under. What about your my... hair? What do you do with your hair? Uh, There's just a net, a hair net? Yeah. What? Oh my gosh. Ew. You want to know this? He, yeah. So he woke up and, um, <laughs> This makes me think there must have been blood everywhere because he was telling me that his scalp was really itchy. So I went to go scratch his scalp and I was like, what is that? Because it, it felt like scabs all over his head. And then I looked down at my hand and all my inside my fingernails were covered with dried blood. It was blood that had no. run into his scalp. We should have put a trigger warning on this. Episode. Totally should have. Oh my God. <gasps> that is so foul. Yeah. So I then I like, I mean, I I am not, I don't. I will in the moment, you know, rise to the occasion yeah. and like fight or flight. I, I am a fighter and I will do what I need to. But when I look down, like afterwards, it creeps me out. Uh-huh. Like, have you ever like picked it, like, I don't know, your husband's face and then it's like good for a sec and then you realize what's on your finger and you're like, Bleh. that's what it was like. <laughs> it was like, I, I felt good helping him and they looked down at my nails and I was like, oh my God. Wait, I have a question. Yes. You might not know the answer, but okay. like you do the thing, the wipes. What if between... When you wipe and when your surgery is mm-hmm. that you have to go number two. You don't because you haven't eaten. Remember, he stopped eating. That is eating. not necessarily true. Okay, you're right. That You're absolutely right. So I guess you just... This is what I was thinking the whole time, though. <laughs> this is what I had to keep telling myself. Because I, I mean, I was getting crazy about it. I was like, Landon, you already wiped that area with that. Don't do that. And then I had to remind myself, some people are hoarders. Oh my God. Some people live in filth. Some people's houses are not clean. Some people have probably have more body bacteria than others. So if they're giving these instructions, they're telling you to do like, there's nothing that they're going to send me home to do that will like potentially kill him if I like missed a half an inch spot. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. Kind of like phones on a plane. Oh my God, get out of my brain. That was the example I used with him. Yeah. That is always my example. I'm like, if that were really a thing that would not be allowed on a plane, so everybody needs to shut the F up and I'm with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, let the man play words with friends. Right? That's what I was saying. Yeah. I I have yet to hear from a yep, person same. of authority that will tell me 
Because it has to be a money-making thing. No, it has to do with them wanting to be able to control you if there were an emergency, and then they don't want you to have your phone on your hand and you're videotaping, you know, the plane going down when they need you to be in a brace-brace position. That can't be true because you can still video and take pictures when it's in airplane mode. That is not why. Good try, though. No, now they make you put it away. During Only during... Um take off and landing it but it's only airplane mode you don't have to put it away oh they I've had, ipads lincoln's on that thing the whole time oh my god they make me put away and at they certain just sizes make Sarah put they, they, at, they've created like a size thing where now if it's a certain your phone is a certain size because if i bring my ipad they make me put it away but if i have my phone i'm allowed to use it yeah so your theory is false well sometimes they make me put it away no, they don't. Yes, they do. And that's why it makes me mad because it's like there's no set rule. Are we fighting right now? Totally. And <laughs> most, really, we're not even fighting with each other. We're fighting with the GD stewardesses. The, who are the, the or Yeah. No, what is it? The no. Federal F- FAA. AF, no. FAA. Yeah. Federal Aviation Administration. FDA. I'm mad at them too. Probably for something. Fuck those guys. And the dairy people while we're at it. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know what? Okay, so this conversation leads me to yes. uh, what I saw recently, which was a GIF that was of a desk with... yes. Um, you know, a computer and office supplies and all this stuff that people will often put on their desk. And the GIF is sort of like an evolution of technology to demonstrate what all your phone has replaced. Mm -hmm. Tell me, so we'll put that in the newsletter too, so you can watch it. But name some of the things you see on the desk. Okay. So there's, you know, some of these are obvious, a globe. A calendar, a photo of a dog. Camera. Camera, a fax machine. What do you mean a photo of a dog? A, there's like a, a in the, on the wall, there's a picture of a, a pet. Interesting. That went in the... F- yeah, because where are your photo albums? They're digital now. Oh, okay. I thought they meant the dog. Oh, oh. <laughs> that's a good point. No, you're right. I mean, right. I like Tamagotchis you're when right. I was little, but you know. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I think we were going with the photo album thing, Suze. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Wait, I have a question about yes, that. Yes, yes. Do you print your pictures uh, or, you know, get them printed or whatever? I didn't used to until you printed pictures and gave them to me and now I do. Oh, because I know. I, when and I now pictures, I give them to other people and they have the same reaction that I did. It's my favorite gift to give people that cost five cents. Right. So I always print out my pictures and yep. then anybody that's in some of them, especially because you tend to have more than one of the same like pose or whatever, because people take tons of pictures now. Mm-hmm. And I'll give Sarah the doubles or whatever of those images. And she acted like I gave her a diamond necklace. <laughs> so nice. I was like, oh my God, this is so cute. Yes. But then there's uh, something. Yeah, because I feel like I, I I flip through a photo album Yeah. more than I would look through photos. It almost feels like curated and like when you put them in a photo album. Right. It's like the best of the best. Although it's funny because I'm almost having a reverse thing going on now because I have all these albums and Uh, I hate stuff. I hate owning things. So I'm like, on one hand, I think when you print them out, you're more likely to look at them. You're more likely to show them to your your kids. 
um, you're more likely to enjoy them. On the other hand, they take up so much goddamn space. Inst- there's this great, oh, God, what are they called? Our friend Mariana has it. She, there are these little books that will print all of your Instagram photos from, like, the whole year, and they put it in a cute little, like, binded book yeah. in their perfect squares. And she, it's the cutest thing. She's got them displayed between two adorable, like, bookends on, and it says, like, 2014, 2015, 2016, oh, and it's just all the collections nice. of like it. That's like it's a good uh, in between. Yeah, and like that way you can have like a photo album for the year, but because it's kind of nice. weird how okay, like Gretchen and my sister Gretchen and I were talking about how she's like warning me about when you go to your kids' school events and how like those assholes that film everything and take a million pictures of their kids on yeah. stage and you yeah. the rest of you can't see through. Right. This is idiot standing. Yeah. And then I wonder, there's no way they're watching that later. It's just to have and maybe mm. to post on Facebook so that your three friends can enjoy it. And oh. it's, a, it's like a thing. And I think that this may be, maybe this is absolutely just a theory of yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it could be a contributor to a rise in anxiety in children. Because this feeling of having to perform and there being a camera in front of you all the time takes away from the authentic. I know, well, again, this is like different because it's not a person, obviously, but I swear to God, my dog knows when I put a camera up in front of him and he <laughs> acts different. Like, put that fucking thing down. This reminds me of this. I took a screen gra- grab of this. Okay. I, I don't know this company. I saw it on Facebook and I was struck by it. I won't name the company, but it said, Proven to grab the attention of your child while adding soft light to your photos. What was typically impossible for a lot of parents is now possible. No more yelling. Clip it to the top of your phone and it's like a, a f- one of those lights that makes you look cute. Uh-huh. But it's designed to like get the attention of your kid. Uh-huh. So they you clip it on your phone so that they look at the camera and be like super cute. They have it for pets too. They do not. Yes, they do. They have it for dogs. I love how I'm judging, but why? I don't know why I care. I, I want a nice picture with right? my kid. I want yeah, them to look at the camera, but I, I saw this and I was sort of grossed out. Yeah. What do you think? There needs to be a balance. There uh, ha- you have to be able to have... Oh, God, I'm really torn. Like, because I, mean, I think we need to put down the phones to begin with. Like, for a lot of reasons. Like, I mean, I know my on my honeymoon, I have very few photos from my honeymoon, but I have a lot of really great memories, and I wouldn't... I mean, how many do you really need? That's the thing. But I'm guilty of it, too. It's not like I'm excluding kid, myself so. from this conversation. I'm just saying, like, when, when I saw this uh, thing, I thought, who is so desperate? Let me see. T- let me see it. You can kind of oh, see yeah, the yeah, device, yeah, yeah. but that's I mean, that kid looks happy as hell, <laughs> right, so... Right. And there have been times when I'm like, Really wanting my kid to look at the camera and be... So I can see why that would be helpful if you need a picture for whatever. But it kind of grossed me out. Yeah. I'm, I'm more annoyed by the name. It's called... Oh, my God. I didn't yep. even didn't think even of think that. Didn't even think about that, did you? <gasps> and the name is sexist. Yep. It's called Look at Mommy. What about Daddy? Fuck Daddy doesn't like to take that. pictures or what? Sarah... Thank you for pointing mm-hmm. that out because things are so normalized mm-hmm. that that didn't even occur to me. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. I that's like I can't even believe that either. OMG. If you work for the Look at Mommy company, <laughs> call us. Yeah, I'm curious. I mean cuz it's oh god, it's like that. I get it, but I just like Wait, I have to tell you something. Yeah, okay. And this is a total aside. We'll get back to the tech mm-hmm. talk because we have something else to say, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> this is great. I'm so glad I saved this for on the air. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I got an email from a listener. Mm-hmm. And she works for McDonald's. <gasps> Corporate. Whoa, that's high up there. So do we have an answer? Well, yeah. <laughs> Sarah's good. We need more wine. Definitely. So here's the thing. We talk about McDonald's actually quite a yeah. bit on oh this God. show. Do we get a cease and desist? Over. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank God. No. Over the, over the years, over the episodes, I've talked about Happy Meals and how yes. I wish they wouldn't say, like, do you want a girl toy or a boy Correct. toy? And I talk about how I love McDonald's, but mm-hmm. I feel like I can't go because it's bad for you and all this stuff. And I so, talk about how they have bigger straws than regular places. You know, the important oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you also say how they have the best Diet Coke. Correct. Anyway, yeah. so we talk about them a lot, and um, this girl, this woman, wrote to me and said, I work for McDonald's in this corporate position, and I really would love if we could come on your show and, like, just talk. Like, talk about, you know, the ways that we're trying to change certain mm-hmm. things or whatever. And I'm like, hell yes. 100%. So then she's like, I just have to go through, like, a couple of people, because they don't want it to be, like, a trap where right. then they come on and we're like... Why did you do this? Yeah, you know? what's really in the McNugget? And she was like, I know you guys. I know it would be totally fine, but, you know, they have to make yeah. sure. And so the other person contacted me, and I was like, yeah, here's what we'd love to do, and we'd love to have a conversation. <laughs> Never heard from them again. Oh, no. Oh. I still hope they contact me. Maybe though. it was like right after my sex episode. Or oh, my God, yeah. right? They probably saw some of our weird. Oh, my God. They heard about your late night sex mix. You're the one who likes genuine's pony <laughs> anyway anyway that's just an aside but hilarious that's great nonetheless we got love and then dissed by my, my, my i know dudes. maybe it's not too late maybe they'll they're just they're busy yo burger king you out there stop it <laughs> okay but here's the thing this look at mommy thing yeah. and all this tech stuff yeah i am so excited because we have a fella on the show that you are going to love. And he wrote a book called The Digital Diet. Yes. And his name is Daniel Seberg. And he's fancy pants. He works for Google. He de- deals with um, artificial intelligence. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He, you know, it's out of our league. <laughs> Let's face it. Things I, I know was, I don't know. I was so excited to talk to him because, because he is somebody who's very good at making this all like palatable to normal people. And so I wanted to talk to him because I know a lot of our listeners are in the same boat as us where we love social media. We love having our phones, but we also don't want to be addicted or be distracted. We want to be present and mindful and all that good stuff. And so I was like, Hey dude, tell me how to do it. What's the trick? Yeah. So he, I got to talk to him, and you guys are going to love it because he has really good advice. Great. And uh, so let's have a listen. Um, but before we do, I just want to say, do I look stronger? Stop. You really do. Look at that gun, baby. I know. <laughs> I've been doing my beach body on demand, so is Sarah, but... I feel like I've been kicking it into high gear. Well, yeah, because I've been going lazy with the yoga. Which isn't That's lazy. Okay. Don't I shouldn't say that. I've just been trying a different kind of workout for my body. I bet you that our guest, Daniel, would approve of that because he's all about mindfulness and like, you know, yeah. taking time for yourself. Yes. Yoga's great. Uh, and also, you know, not to interrupt your beach body pitch right here, <laughs> pitch. but 
Uh, to, I will notice that in my doing yoga, it's almost like when my, my mind feels healthier and then my body is also followed along with that. Yeah. So it's like double. Well, they sure as heck are connected. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, what code they got to use? Okay. So here's the scoop. I'm doing the 21 day fix right now. So you guys can join along with me and I encourage you to do that because I love when you guys, you know, tweet to me and tell me what you're using. All you have to do, it's a brand new service, but it already has over a million members, by the way. What? Yeah. So you're, uh, here's, here's how you do it. Go claim your free trial. You can access the whole shebang for free. Uh, just text brain candy, all one word to thirty thirty thirty, and you get full access to the entire program for free. So that's cool because you can get your mind and your body all fit as a fiddle. Um, and our guest today, Daniel will focus more on the mind, although I'm sure he's fit as well. Mm-hmm. I, I have no doubt. Um, so please welcome to the show, Daniel Seberg. All right. So Daniel, here's the scoop. A lot of the Brain Candy listeners, I'm sure, are like my co-host and I, where we need help. And when I heard about your book, The Digital Diet, I was like, okay, this is a guy that can give us some advice on how to balance the technology in our life. What in the heck do we do, Daniel? (laughs) You mean short of taking all your devices and throwing them out the window? Yeah, man, we need a balance. How do we... Yeah, well, so I would say that... um, I mean, there are a few tips that I'm that I'm happy to share with people, and you know, I think that it starts with having or, or trying to have more awareness uh, in, in our lives when we feel like our technology is getting the best of us. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, those moments when our kids are trying to get our attention, or uh, we're in a social situation with with our friends, and we become more engrossed in our screens than in the, than in the conversation, and just trying to, you know, I think initially. Uh, uh, sort of give yourself that opportunity to, to see that this is happening and then find ways to, to deal with it better. Yeah, because I feel like there's so many great things about technology and I feel like we're so lucky that we have all this information at our fingertips, but it can feel overwhelming. Is that what people were Ab- sort of telling you? Is like, help us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that, that was a lot of it. And it was also me saying, help me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it was a, a combination of hearing from a, a lot of people about it, but uh, also driven just by uh, the fact that my wife was getting uh, really frustrated with my own uh, behavior with my uh, devices. Uh, she had a nickname for me, which was Glowworm, uh, because when she would come in at night and I was lying in bed, I almost always had some sort of screen illuminating my face. So. Uh, it, it just, it definitely became something of an issue for me. I think partly because, um, I had spent so long as a reporter covering technology and was kind of perhaps more exposed to just being so overwhelmed and immersed in it than, than other people at the time. Um, and, and, you know, I, I work at Google, so I, I love what you say about, you know, embracing technology and there are so many wonderful benefits to technology and uh, lots of ways that it's enhanced our lives. Um, but I think increasingly, we need to have this kind of mindfulness to uh, to manage it effectively. Um, and I'm sure in the digital diet, which everyone should check out, there's a, sort of a comprehensive or, or somewhat comprehensive list of, of ways that people can do that. Can we give them a teaser? Like, here's one thing that you can start with. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go one further. I'll give, I'll, how about two, two uh, suggestions for, for folks? Deal. And, um, you know, I, I should preface this all by saying that I, uh, I, I'm still learning. I am definitely by no means perfect at, at, at any of this, and I think that 
Um, you know, that what I always say is it's, it's, it's okay to love your technology, just not unconditionally. So <laughs> on, on that note, I would say that a couple of things to think about. One is where you charge your smartphone uh, at the end of the day. Um, my wife and I have a rule of not charging them in the, in the bedroom. So we do it in the kitchen. Um, we keep them, you know, just uh, it, it takes us about, you know, 15 seconds to get to the kitchen. So mm-hmm. if there's ever an emergency or we need to get to our phones, we can, but it just gives us that sort of headspace uh, both at night and in the morning um, to kind of just start your day uh, free of, of all of the stress and pressure that comes along with them. Um, and by the way, Ariana Huffington's uh, initiative and their site, Thrive Global, actually sells a bed for your phone. <laughs> so no. if you want to give this as a gift, yes, true story. Um, it's $100, so it's not cheap, but... It is a it's a pretty cool gift for somebody who maybe really needs it. And <laughs> it's a good reminder. Maybe something like this will help them think about it. Yeah. And the other one is, um, I think th- this one for me is uh, it's it's a tougher one to sort of put into practice, but I think that it's um, super important. And that is when you're out at a in a social setting and you're maybe at lunch or dinner with with a group of friends. Try playing phone stack and asking everybody to stack up their phones in the middle of the table. And the first one who reaches for their phone and pulls it out has to pay the bill. Oh, my God. And it can make sort of for an interesting dynamic uh, for people. <laughs> um, and, you, and you start to think, why am I really, you know, wanting to have my phone right now? Is it because I'm bored? Should I try to meet this person next to me? You know, it's just I think it, it builds that kind of awareness yeah. Do you feel like when you make the stack that people are able to be more mindful and in the moment, or do you think that they're just thinking, wonder what's going on on my phone right now? <laughs> I think it's probably some combination of the two. And I think that, um, you know, initially people think it's kind of a joke and it's a bit silly. And then, you know, I, I think what sometimes happens, at least for me anyway, is that you really start to appreciate the people right around you. I mean, I, I sort of yeah. refer to these spheres of, of people that we have in our life and the, the sort of first order or the first sphere of people around us or the people we see in the morning, our family, our kids, our, you know, our loved ones, they're right there in front of us. But often we extend ourselves beyond that initial sphere and we're more interested in communicating with people who are nowhere near us and maybe hundreds or thousands of miles away and we somehow forget about those people right next to us. So I think when you're at dinner like that, it's a real opportunity to just sometimes rediscover what that's like face-to-face interactions. Right, because the people that are far away often are even strangers, like people on Twitter or, you know, Instagram that maybe you interact with, but you've never even met them, and somehow they'd get priority. They do get priority somehow, and I think part of it is that those types of online conversations can be managed a little differently. You can sort of enter and exit the interaction, you know, uh, whenever you feel like it and it doesn't seem weird. I mean, imagine if you were having a conversation with someone and you just stopped talking and then left the table or something, you know, you, <laughs> it would be weird. So, so real, real life kind of face-to-face interactions are, can be messy and they take some amount of managing them and, and, you know, but the payoff I think can be really rewarding. And I think that's the difference between what we get out of being around people, because as a species, we really like to have our our people, our tribe, our group. And what we get out of that, I think it's so important. And we forget that we really can't be fulfilled by that need electronically. And I think that 
you know, that's that's the difference. It's so easy to reach out to all these people now who are nowhere near us. Yeah. But we don't, I think, get the same kind of wonderful feeling that we get when we hug our friends and we have a, a social kind of a, a intimate setting. Yeah, that sort of fulfillment through getting a like or whatever on social media. It's like chasing the wind. You're never going to have enough. Exactly. I think, you're, I think you're right. And I think that that's part of the... Um, you know, the pitfalls of, especially of social media is that it sort of goes on forever and you can keep thinking if I just get more likes or if I just post more photos or if I just somehow make people feel jealous about whatever it is that I'm sharing with everyone that I'll feel better about my own life. And I think that that's sort of the misnomer that no amount of anyone else's opinion or likes or comments that are, that are sort of, uh, you know, not people you know will really ever uh, fill you up that way. I don't think, uh, not in a satisfying way. So but the, t- the but the temptation and and the sort of ease of it is there. Not to say that there aren't wonderful reasons, by the way, to share photos and everything else. And you know, I think that this, this is something that I do. I have a lot of my family lives quite a ways away, so this is sometimes the only opportunity for them to see what's going on in my life. So yeah. I think that there's wonderful aspects of this. It's just it can definitely go too far. Yeah, and I, it sounds like what you're suggesting is to make it work for you and to use it to enhance your life rather than to be a slave to it. Exactly. And I think that um, sometimes that's easier said than done, sure. especially for people who are, um, you know, are either it's part of their job or they, let's say they have a small business or they're, uh, you know, that they, they are trying to keep track of just so many things in their life. They really have a hard time separating themselves from their technology. And that's part of the reason I wrote the book was just to give people sort of permission to think about what works for me. And, and there are, I feel like, direct parallels and comparisons with food. So the book is called The mm. Digital Diet. Oh, and I think smart. the way that we technology is that there are some similarities with how we consume food. And so, for example, we all have a different metabolism. Uh, mm. You know, some of us can eat uh, a couple of hamburgers and some fries and not worry about it. And others feel like they put it on the next day, right? Same thing with technology. Some of us can consume it doesn't affect us the same way. Maybe we don't have dependents who are trying to get our attention or we have a job that allows us that freedom. So everyone's a little different. And the same thing goes for um, just the choices we make. And with food, we have choices. And there are consequences with foods that you eat that may, may not affect you positively. And the same is true with technology, that you know we can choose a lot of the time that we spend and how we spend it. And I think that it, it really does make a difference to our well-being, not just to, you know, maybe even our stress or something, which is part of your well-being. But I think there's a lot a lot of reasons to think about um, how we consume our technology. That is so insightful. I really am glad you said that because that makes total sense. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I think as for me, I'll give you an example. So um, my son is five. His nanny couldn't come today. So I have an interview, right? So I have an iPad that is now working as his babysitter while we talk. 
And because we don't use it all the time, because it's just a special treat, it's the best thing ever because he can take 15 minutes and enjoy Pokemon for a sec. But how do parents know what the limit is, how much of a good thing to, to use in terms of for their kids? Yeah. Wow, great question. I, I feel like, and, and I like the approach that you uh, described there, and I think that that's, I think that's, I think that's a really example, a good example of uh, being mindful so that when you were, you know, thinking about giving your son the, the iPad for a bit, you were aware of, you know, how much time he might be on it and the fact that this is sort of a special thing. Like, that, that, that to me demonstrates, like, a great amount of thinking about this kind of thing. And I think sometimes parents just don't consider that, and they sort of forget the impact this has. And, you know, I was out, I, I was at a barbecue with, with my wife and some friends last weekend, and there was a, a young mother there, and she had a, uh, her one-and-a-half-year-old, mm. and she was giving her phone to the one-and-a-half-year-old to watch videos or, or just interact with a lot, and even when they were sitting at the table. Now, as a parent of two children, I can tell you, every parent sympathizes with those moments where you're just like, yeah. ah, please, <laughs> do something else for five minutes. Absolutely. Let mommy and daddy take a breath and put some food in my mouth. <laughs> but when, But she was actually sitting at the table with her daughter and sort of almost bragging about how much she really wanted to look at the phone and how much she really liked it and how much she, you know, got upset when you mm. took it away from her. Mm. And, and, and sort of at that point, you know, the, the children's brains are, are so elastic and malleable and can be affected by, you know, th- these types of uh, environmental factors. Television is one thing as someone who grew up as a product of the te- you know, television yeah, generation. Yeah, man, right. For sure. But I think that there's almost another level to how kids uh, interact with, with devices and games. The feedback in their brains, I think, is, is much different. It's less passive, which can sometimes mean that they want it even more because of the stimulation they get from it. But, um, yeah, I think it's uh, – there are – you know, I think there's a, there's a lot that, 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 that parents can potentially – uh, learn and, and you know again I definitely don't consider myself to be perfect in this there are days when you know my wife and I both just feel frustrated and we're like okay yeah <laughs> if you need to take it and I think saving something like the iPad even for like for an airplane ride or, oh my gosh yes you know, in some scenario where you just absolutely need it is completely fine um, and at some point kids grow up and they have access to a lot of these technologies there's not much you can do anyway but um, <laughs> you do what yeah, you can when you can exactly well, I know apart from this new book you have coming out, you're also an expert in artificial intelligence and all these fancy pants things that I don't understand. I was just wondering what excites you the most about technology right now. Hmm. Oh, that's a, thank you for asking. I would say that um, you know, for I've, I've been excited for a little while now about uh, virtual reality and mm. some of the the opportunities there. Um, you know, at Google, we have a number of different uh, entry points into virtual reality from our cardboard viewer, which is literally made of cardboard. It costs under $20 these days. You just put your phone in it and you can view some, some VR content uh, up to the daydream, but if, which is a sort of a more slightly more uh, higher-end device to consume uh, VR content. But, you know, the, the applications are all over the place from helping um, soldiers with PTSD and oh, putting them wow. in, in environments where they can, uh, you know, feel immersed and, and help to recover to uh, healthcare uh, situations where they've actually had burn victims 
who were being treated in the hospital and the pain was so high that when they immersed them in this virtual reality kind of space, they could see that the pain was reduced and so that they felt more comfortable. And, you know, I think th those are really interesting ways to think about it. I think VR is, uh, there are lots of really just kind of cool games and, and uh, new ways to think about it, and movies and 360 content, all of this stuff. And who knows where that's all going. I think it's really cool to see when this is applied to people's lives in a in a positive way and, and makes a difference aside from sort of being some, some fun entertainment. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot of value there and, you know, something like artificial intelligence or machine learning, you know, another, another healthcare opportunity there is imagine if you're admitted to the emergency room uh, at a hospital and you're not sure what's wrong with you and the doctors aren't either, you know, could machine learning potentially help to diagnose your symptoms faster than the doctor's? Um, wow. If they were to sort of assess, you know, as, as human beings, even the best doctors are obviously limited by the fact that they're, they're, they're human and they can only sort of, they're not in your body and they can only recall from their own experience and what they've read. Yeah. And maybe they can tap into some sort of limited database. But imagine if you had, you know, billions of different entries of, of people's conditions and symptoms and this particular computer could just go through those almost you know, instantly and say, you know what, I think it's this, or it could be this, and, and helping to diagnose. And I think that that's really cool. And I think that's a, a big part of the reason that something like artificial intelligence is becoming so much more uh, discussed and talked about these days is that um, computing, computer processing power has gone up dramatically, and uh, the storage of, of computers has also increased at the same rate. And so you've got the opportunity to have these huge, huge, data sets of whatever they are and for supercomputers to be able to process that data um, in a way that it, it couldn't in the past at a, at a really fast speed. That is so cool and so encouraging. And I know that I appreciate people like you who know so much making the topic palatable and, and understandable to just mere mortals like us. <laughs> we really well, appreciate listen, I am. I am a I'm learning myself and, um, you know, working at a place like Google is, is humbling because there are some incredibly smart people there who all are, uh, I think, ambitious and trying to make a difference in the world. And so cool. I think that there's still a lot that we don't know. And right. that's the reality of a lot of these new technologies. Is they're kind of an early, early phase in many ways. Um, I mean, even something like a virtual reality, which has been talked about for, you know, even 20, 30 Ever, years yeah. or more. Um, and, and, and I was talking to somebody the other day, well, a little longer ago, but they had a, a, a comparison of, so they had a, a sort of a, a spectrum of cell phones going back to the 70s, so the brick phone, all the way up to today with the phones that we have. And the analogy that he made was, we're cut, with virtual reality, we're somewhere around the brick phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this, this has got so much more potential that it could become a lot more than it is. And there's lots of things to be figured out, but... Uh, that it's got all of this kind of uh, potential ahead. See, that's why we need to get our digital diet in place now because there's going to be so much coming up, right? <laughs> exactly. You oh gotta, we got to save yourself for the buffet. Yeah, exactly. If you, if you eat everything now, you're not going to, you know. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know our listeners are going to love it, and I hope they all read the digital diet. Thank you so much, Daniel. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.